Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Have Tap Shoes Will Travel Podcast. This is episode number 21 and we're super excited to have Ricky Milan back on the podcast for the second time. We're going to be talking about dance competitions. We're going to be talking about his Parks Tour project. We're going to be talking about who brought the humbug returning for the holiday season this year. And we're also talking about the Rhythm Street Movement, his new project that's happening And so we have a lot of different things to talk about. We're going to be beatboxing. We're going to be talking about upcoming shows. And also, he's going to be releasing a new video every Tuesday, starting July 16th. So mark your calendars. And all you have to do is just watch it right from your your laptop or right on your phone, wherever you might be watching it. But you don't even have to buy a ticket for that one. And it leads up to the shows that are going to be happening in September at the Lab Theater. So we're going to, he's going to have some advice for dancers going to nationals and it's going to be a lot of fun coming up though. We do have some, some things that are happening around the twin cities area. We have tappy hour still continuing every Wednesday class with Ellen Keen is it's a community ed tap class for beginning adults happening at St. Paul central on Wednesdays. And also my classes are continuing on Mondays from six to 7 PM at Xenon. They are adult beginning fundamentals class. We put the fun in fundamental for these classes on Monday nights at Xenon at the, on the fourth floor at Hennepin Center, downtown Minneapolis. And this last week, I, I was taking class and I, I'm learning how to teach the adult classes actually from Ellen Keen. And one quote that she had in class that I thought was really great was, you can't bank balance. Meaning you always have to work at it. You always have to do some strength and conditioning and exercise. And that is the way you will retain balance throughout the rest of your life. As your legs get older, you still need to use them if you want to be able to stand on them. Right? It all makes sense. Also, coming up in Minnesota, in Hastings, Buckets and Tap Shoes is performing on July 20th. Saturday, it's happening from 3 to 4. It's outside in Hastings, Minnesota. And Andy Osland, my brother, the guy who normally plays all the music on this podcast, he's going to be in the new version of 42nd Street coming up at the Ordway. And that one is choreographed by Jared Grimes, none other than the one and only Jared Grimes. And that is running July 23rd through August 11th at the Ordway in St. Paul. And like I said, Ricky is going to be, Ricky Milan is going to be putting out new videos every week starting on July 16th, every Tuesday. Be looking for that on Facebook. And it's part of his Waking Up Project, which is going to be presented at the Lab Theater on September 27th and 28th. Coming up in October, Devon Suttles has his tap show called Melanized, and it involves spoken word and all original music. And I can't wait to hear more about that one. We're going to hopefully have him on the podcast sometime soon to talk a little bit more about that show. And we have the Twin Cities Tap Festival coming up in October, along in conjunction with Dorrance Dance being presented at the Northrop. So double feature there. Get ready for it. Uh, you can go online and find out more information about the Twin Cities Tap Festival, which will lead you to more information about the Dorrance Dance performances, too. I want to give a quick shout out to the Sultan Room in Bushwick, New York. One of the former members of Buckets and Tap Shoes, a guy who used to play percussion with us a lot, named Varun. He's out in New York now, and he started this new space. It's a great hangout. Go check it out. 
the Sultan Room in Bushwick, New York, behind the Turks Inn. It's at 234 Star Street in Brooklyn. We'd also like to thank Ryan Grams from Uptop Films for allowing us to use all this wonderful equipment to record these episodes. And he also shot the Buckets and Tap Shoes video back in April, which will be showing up online pretty soon. And he also shot Ricky Milan's new video with the Rhythm Street Movement. So keep your eyes open for that one, July 16th. We'd also like to thank Matt and Kerry at the Dancing Fair. If you're looking for tap shoes, go ahead to dancingfair.com and they will be able to get you taken care of for any kind of shoes, any kind of dancing shoes and your dancewear needs, dancingfair.com. We'd also like to thank Andy Osland because I think I'm on every episode, even though this one doesn't have any music by him. I'm just giving him a shout out. There we go. His his music is available under the name Anda One, and that's available on iTunes and Spotify. Or if you're looking for the Oslin Brothers Bucket Drummond Volume 1, that is also on Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music. Just type in Bucket Drummond Oslin Brothers. There you go. So now we're going to be hearing the Gloria Estefan beatbox section tangent, if you want to call it. <laughs> Ricky, give, we give a shout out to Gary Pate from Star Power from back in the day. We even talk about the Super Bowl halftime show from 1992 that we were both in together. All of that and much more. But first, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor, and then it's on with episode number 21 of Have Tap Shoes, Will Travel. We'll be back in one moment. What's good, y'all? This is Trey Dumas, and you're listening to the Have Tap Shoes, Will Travel podcast. trying to find it's the answer to the question that you're trying to find what's the answer to the question it's that beat it's the beat you heard him that's the answer to all the questions how's it going everybody what the crowd goes crazy what welcome to have tap shoes will travel this is the this is the edition with Ricky Milan. This is his part two reoccurring let's go, let's guest. Go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. He's back. He's back, y'all. Ah, guess Mr. who's back. Ah. <laughs> Hi, Rick. How's it going, man? Fantastic. Excellent. Well, I, I want to, first of all, thank you for coming down today. And we were just kind of hitting each other up with some texts. And I was like, hey, are you going to be able to come record another episode? 
on one of these days and you're like, today, today's got to be the day. I go, I have three hours. <laughs> yeah. And so right now, yeah. and thanks for inviting me. I was over. like, great. How, how about three o'clock? And you're like, yeah, I got to go earlier. I was like, two o'clock. And then you're like, now, nah, really right now. earlier, the better. I'm on my way over right now. <laughs> and then I was like, how's noon? Two hours. <laughs> Next thing I know, you're, you're outside yelling. I'm here. <laughs> and I am here. That's the way to do it. Hey, let me take a moment to just express gratitude for my family, my wife, Brittany, yes. my son, Leonardo. Gratitude for all of my dance teachers, for everybody, all the dance studios that gives me an opportunity to teach dance, for all my friends at Hall of Fame that give me an opportunity to be a part of that. To you, man, to Andy, to everybody, to your wife. Uh, oh, wait, to your girlfriend. Yeah, we're not married, but... <laughs> No, people, I'm the real. People I just call her my wife. Everybody, uh, everybody at Rhythm Street, all my friends, the dancers, the musicians. I just thank you, everybody, for giving me all these opportunities to do all this work with the uh, performing arts. It, it's an amazing life. I'm super thankful. Awesome. That's a great way to start it with that with some gratitude. So yeah, man. Thanks for being here. I'm glad you're here too. I'm just setting these mics right now so that you can be heard even louder. Let's see. Can you can you talk again one more time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Check one, two. Good. Oh, there we go. Now now we're gonna give it a little juice. I might. Yeah, I might be loud. Uh, my neighbor, who used to be my neighbor at the six one two, he lived across the hall yeah. when we were in our younger twenties, and it was like when we when we become grown ups, we'll have houses right next door to each other, and now. We do have houses. And you did it. So we lived across the hall. Now we live right literally next door in two houses. Uh, and his name is Heatbox, and he calls me Young Loud. And, young Loud. Yeah, and he's like, the older you get, the more you become Young Loud. And uh, so if I get a little loud, it's just my nature. Let's get loud. <laughs> I don't want to break any copyright issues over here, but you know, sometimes you got to crank it up and get loud. This is Gloria Stefan. Nothing wrong with that. Wait, was it? Was that who did it originally? I think so, wasn't it? I, isn't there a J-Lo version too? It I think J-Lo be, recreated you're right, that. It might be J-Lo. I don't but know. But I think you're right. I think there might be a Miami Sound Machine version perhaps. That's it, man. Man, now I'm going to go look it up. That's it. That's how it works. I'm not going to look it up right now. Miami Sound Machine. Come on, your body, baby. Do that conga. Dude, the, the rhythms in that stuff. Mm-hmm. The rhythm is going to get you. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's 80s. You've heard it. Five million times while sitting at Applebee's, but it's still really good music. I just recently downloaded some of that stuff to my phone. Yes, here's and if you heard a lot. Just imagine a lot of the stuff you hear. Just imagine a live band playing it right there for you, yeah. so that like you could feel the size of the sound. You know, yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah, that music. That was that was music. one of the most famous people I was ever close to. Yeah, in, in the Super proximity. Nineteen ninety-two <laughs> at the Metro Dome, the Hubert H. Humphrey. Oh man, that, that was the time. The best. She was completely lip syncing, no question about it. Yeah, but it's like, exactly like the recording. What are you supposed to do? You and got a Brazilian great. dancers and Brian Boitano. I mean, right. come on, you yeah. ain't gonna stand there and what sing. You want? Yeah, you got the rollerblade team in there jumping off of ramps. Right, you got a bunch of people with neon pink hammer pants on. <laughs> Mike uh, Mackis walking on stilts. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> come on. I was actually on TV on a local news program. Really? Last year when the Super Bowl was here. Oh, you know what? I think I saw that. Okay, and we were just <laughs> talking about that Super Bowl, and people were talking trash on it. I was like, hey. 
It was horrible. What do you mean? Hey, that was as cheesy it was as you not can good. get. And who don't like a little cheese? <laughs> Especially at a Super Bowl party. You got cheese dip. You got cheese squares. You got. Che- I mean, it was cheese. <laughs> but I think the process of creating that for all of us here in Minnesota as dancers growing up at that time, we weren't expecting like this huge professional gig. It was a bunch of kids putting it together. Yes. And, and we had some people, yes. like kudos to the people who directed that and choreographed that. And I remember the guy. He was he was a cool guy. He seemed pretty nice. Like I didn't I didn't know him. I can't remember the guy's name even. But it is in the credits. If you want to watch this on YouTube, it's it's in fact the reason why Michael Jackson was then brought in to do the Super Bowl the next year. Yes, right. And we're going to post turned... the link in the down <laughs> yeah. in the comments. The yeah. link to the Super Bowl from 1992, I believe, yeah. will be down there. Smosh voted it one of the worst. Super Bowl half times of all time. With my top hat, I'm a bad cat. Life's fine when, when it, it snows. snows. <laughs> I love how that uh, that detail of how they told us all to say Frost Hay and not Frosty because <laughs> Frosty the Snowman is actually copywritten, and so they had to get around that by saying Frost Hay. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so you're here for for we, we've got a few things to talk about today. Yes, and. And I know that you have a limited amount of time to hang out because you're you're on your way back to the studio. You got work to do, and then you're flying out at six in the morning tomorrow. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame Nationals. Ain't no party like a Hall of Fame party, people. Come on, <laughs> Hall of Fame Nationals. It's the best, man. It's the best. Uh, I feel like all your own, like these studios, these kids, everybody put so much into it. The parents put so much emotion into it, so much money invested into it. The teachers, as you know, as a dance teacher. You're constantly working and you're struggling to make not only the dancer understand the dance better, but the actual choreography of the individual pieces and everybody's competing and everybody's. And so by the end of the year, you've done all of the regionals, you've done the recital and you get to nationals and it's almost like all of the pressure dissipates and it's just a celebration of the work. And I feel like that's what dance was always intended to be. And uh, the emotions are so rich because it's the end. You're saying goodbye to these dances at the same time as you perform it for these last times. And there's just so much more emotion at nationals. There's no school. So the kids are free to just focus on dance. And uh, it's just a beautiful... I love the nationals so much. I love the World Series and the showdown. The energy is different. The uh, teachers are different. The parents are different. And it's just... I can't describe it. You got to go. If you haven't ever been to the Hall of Fame nationals, it's just a whole different thing. Yeah, the thing is, though, if you don't have a kid there, you don't want to just like show up and go watch the nationals. I don't know. Like, there's... There's something to that too. <laughs> like, I guess you, that's what I'm if saying. If you haven't been there, the reason why is because you don't have a kid competing in it, probably. Right. Well, if you're, uh, I guess, you know, not to just boost the company I work for, yeah. but to do, to boost it. Like, you've been to a lot of different nationals in your I've day. been at a, You've competed in them. I've been in this thing my whole them, life. All that. Yep. And I just, I think the experience at our nationals and just the energy and, uh, you know, the integrity of the judging, and I'm not going to get in too much into that See, this conversation. this is the thing that we were talking about. I was talking with Charles Renato about this, too, on, on the recent podcast that I just recorded with him, which will be posted soon, and by the time this airs, that will have already been up. But he's been talking, too, about, like, tap judges in competitions mm. and yes. people being qualified to judge tap in a competition and also some mm. of the things that people who aren't tap judges say at times when when they aren't qualified to be judging right. tap and like the things yeah. that they end up saying about the dances i think I, where i'm sitting right now today this is my perspective i think that 
if this person has invested their life in teaching dance and as a choreographer of any kind of dance yeah. and they've had to work in the studio and understand what it takes to train and to teach and to share the dance. Yeah. And they've also worked in professional settings. They've worked as a dancer themselves. They've done all these different hats and had to understand and learn. And now they've been a judge and working with other judges that come from other backgrounds. Sure. So maybe you're not a quote tap judge. Right. But I can't say that your perspective is not valid. And so sometimes as a tap person, yeah. I work there, I see these judges, and I mean I, I work with them every week. Yeah. And there are times where I will get I will just in the heat of the moment express my opinion about what I thought about how the tap category scoring happened. Oh. And then they and there's been some times where it's gotten heated. And then they express their truth of the dance. Right. And I get to kind of share mine. And in that, I've learned so much about how passionate these people are, how qualified they are to talk about dance, how they see things. You know, just because it's not the way I see things. Right. They see things and they hear things and they understand things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there, one thing at Hall of Fame I've realized is a lot, all of our judges care. And so if you challenge them like that, you better be ready to be challenged back. Well, yeah, they you know have I mean? a reason for for the gig, and they love it, and they work really hard at it, and they really embrace the role as a judge. And I think that's for me, that's inspiring. Yeah, like it makes me want to get back in the studio and be like, watch tape with the kids and show kids how we can improve and what these kind of people might see in the dance, what those kind of people might hear or feel in dance. Yeah. So it, it makes you grow. And so I think dance competition as a, as a whole gets a bad rap. From a lot of the people that are in their adult and professional dance companies. I think a lot of those people didn't grow up competing. Mm, that's it. You can't, uh, you can't just look at what could be negative of it yeah. or the way like some moms get way too involved in oh, it. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of negative things that happen. Right. Every weekend. But look at how good these kids dance. But there are and look toxic at how much people involved at times. they that's, put on the stage. Yes. Yeah. And, I, well, one thing that I think it was good for was giving you opportunities to perform on a stage oftentimes at a competition they have nice lighting and sound systems that really thump the music and mm. as a kid it's it's cool to have that kind of experience to be able to Impression. be on a stage in a, in a setting like that other Impression. times you're at a high school gym and it's like the speakers are faced sideways so that the audience and the dancers can hear it and they don't right. even have monitors and they don't put a floor mic down for the right. tap dancers so there's a whole range of that too and people that go to the more, I don't know, quote unquote, Dolly Dinkle sort of competitions, the kind of smaller, more local ones, at times they don't put as much production value into those. Right. And if you have, I think there's there's quite an experience that you have as a kid when you get to perform in these yes. sort of bigger pressure. settings. And there's other studios and there's all these people and it creates pressure. And I think it's so awesome. The it's question so is, what awesome. is it setting us up? What is it setting the dancers up for? A career in as far as the dance world goes, and and you know, I like where you took I'm not that. To, it's not to say that there aren't any avenues that competition dancers go into the dance world. There's so many different places they can go with this experience too, and mm. it's not to say that that experience is wrong. Okay. I mean, if you're, yeah, go ahead. What do you got? I just think this is what I say to the seniors when they graduate at Hall of Fame, and this is how I feel about that. What is it setting them up for? Mm -hmm. I don't think that anyone ever came out and said, we're getting ready for the NFL of dance. No. 
I don't think that that there anyone lives under the illusion that once you graduate, if you're a top soloist at Hall of Fame or at any right. of the other competitions, that you're going to graduate and go into the, the league. There is no league. You don't even put that on your resume, really. There's like, no league. <laughs> there is no league. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's art. At the end of the day, it's a sport in high school. It's a sport as you grow up because you get to be a part of a team. And team sports teach us a lot about ourselves and how to work with others. Right. And in dance, you get to be both an athlete that competes as a team member and an artist. And if you're doing it right, you should be developing both skill sets. Yeah. And both will help you throughout your whole life. In art, being developing as an artist and understanding music and how it goes in relation to dance and yourself. Yeah. That gives you a creative outlet. Yeah. And so as you're going through your life, as you're presented with different challenges, as you're dealing with the realities of your own struggle. You have an outlet. You have something that can fulfill that expression without destroying you inside. Mm -hmm. That's empowering. And that's a life skill that's beautiful. And at the same time, you're learning how to compete and work as a team member. And work and understand empathy and work with others. And that it can't just be about you. It's got to be about us. Yeah. And that's a powerful life skill that's going to help you at every level. Anytime and you have to you pull your own selfish. weight on the team too. You're, yes. you're expected. You have expectations on yes. you to deliver. Yes, man. on a certain level. I believe in team. I'm a team. I mean, dude. you go into the professional world of performance, and you are going to be expected to deliver every night. And the thing sometimes with these competitions, though, that I feel like has changed since we were kids, where everyone's just giving people a gold, a high gold. Like mm-hmm. that's basically like. For if I get a high gold, I'm like if if a student gets one, I oftentimes I'm like okay, so so basically you didn't win. <laughs> I mean that's kind of what that is for for what I and when we were growing up, you had like gold, silver, bronze. It was like the Olympics, or you had first place, second place, third place. But now it seems as though everybody's given first place by default, and then if you get something, if you did something a little bit more exceptional, then you get a. Uh, high first place of some kind yeah which is a, a sort of platinum or whatever you want to call it it's like they had to find something that was bigger than gold because for some reason gold was first place was not enough we have to give everybody first place so that they all feel good about themselves and in that i don't feel like there's an honest competition sometimes i i hear what you're saying <laughs> and i've heard that expression from a it's lot your, of people it seems like there's two awards you have high gold and you have platinum and that seems like that's about it and then you have your sort of overall thing later. And but then you have your overall. It's either you got a thumbs up or a thumbs down in a certain sense. They don't call it that. And, right. and I'm not trying to say like a kid didn't do a good job and they went out there and performed. But I don't know that the rating system is set up in such a way that people fail sometimes. And I think that's important too as a kid is sometimes you have to fail and not do well at something and be told that that yes. wasn't good. I hear what you're saying. And I think from a competition perspective, the the kids' approach to dance, the team, the studio, all that falls back to the teachers, into the studio, and to the parents. Hmm. And at the competition, if you listen, yes, you are having an adjudication system. Right. Okay, but you also have your high scores. Mm-hmm. And your high scores, if you want to find out who won, right. then you listen to your high scores. Yeah. And if you want to be adjudicated on your system, then listen to your adjudication. But as far as, like, there's no losers and there's no winners and that whole thing. Yeah. This is a studio-to-studio thing because dance, like I just said, is an art form. And mm-hmm. you, you and I dance entirely different. 
Yeah. And you could give the same song to both of us or the same poem to both of us right. or the same beat to both of us and we would create from that entirely differently. Yeah. And there's art involved in all of this. And art, like I just said, is a, is a form of winning when you can learn to be an artist and a creative. Mm-hmm. And that's also what's happening at these dance studios. So you can't just say they lost because they didn't score well. It was an opportunity them, for them to share the work that they were working on yeah. and to have that work presented in a, in a scenario of pressure and of peers. And that all teaches these kids. So sure. I think there's so many wins that are happening. And I know a, a lot of people could call me a preacher or a sunshine pumper, but that's just how I see things. That's a word, sunshine pumper? My cousin Charlie <laughs> calls me a sunshine pumper. <laughs> What's up, Charlie? And he says, awesome. he says, I'm always trying to find, you know, a positive angle on things. And I think that there's I'm not, truth I'm to not that. opposed to that. I think that's a, that's a good thing. Here's the thing. If you and me were in a situation where we both took a song and made a dance out of it, mm-hmm. and then we decided to take it to a competition because we wanted to like compete against each other, I want them to tell me that you won or I won. And I want them to like show me the score, and I also don't want us both to win a platinum. You know, like one person should win the platinum, one person should win the high gold. You know, there should be a first place, a second place, and like, you know, there whether is, or not. Man. There is. Look at the scores. So that's, and, and that's in the, yeah. So there's adjudication, and then there's actually a score. So, mm-hmm. so if I'm not familiar with it off the top of my head, but there's the platinum zone. Okay. Say it's like 288 to 292. Okay. And anyone in there. Out of 300. Out of 300. Okay, and then everything above that is a grand slam. Now, don't quote me on that. I could be a half point off either way. Right. But so anyone in that zone gets a platinum. But that doesn't mean that you don't have people beating each other in the platinums and people beating each other and losing to each other. Because when you look at the numbers, the numbers, that's what will be the thing that says. And and at the end of the award ceremony, there's typically you read off like who who were the top people. Yeah, the top. And then I read the scores with that. And then Mm -hmm. who won the categories. I mean, there's definitely people that win. And there's right. definitely people that didn't win. But at the same time... But it's set up for everyone to feel like they won all the time. Right. So there's challenges to and that. And I'm not saying that's there's bad. There's challenges I'm just saying like that. a lot of times I think kids are kind of... The parents are always holding the kids' hands nowadays. And it's... I feel like they, they don't have to fight for shit the same way. And mm. maybe they have to fight for other things though in their lives. And I, I understand how about that. The, how about identity? How about how the kids have to fight for that? Now? You know, there's all of that. Because now, sure. they're, now they're... Challenged constantly since the time they're 10 or whatever, 8, with the phone. And they have the Instagram. And they have this online identity. And they have this online clickiness. And all this phone and all this this other version of identity that we didn't have enough taking that shit in person when we were kids. You know, now you got to like deal with... Right. Deal with people doing it on online. You can't, you're looking at your phone all the time as so, it is. Yeah. So don't, I, I want to empower my students. I mean, I know you feel the same way. Yes. I and, just don't want them to feel like they're not prepared to go out into the world when they are told at times, no, you didn't get in this or, you know, to feel like everything that they do should always be praised with a gold medal because I don't always think that everyone creates work that's of that sort of level of quality. And I feel like a lot of times at competitions, people are just given freebies in this sort of way. Well, that's your perspective on the competition. <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time at the competition as well. In you sure my do. perspective, you know, we could agree to disagree on that. But The thing is, I think it's important to have a person at the competition that's pumping it up. And you are, you are the ideal candidate for that type of thing. Like, I remember growing up, we had people like Gary Pate. Yes. Who would be out there and he'd be throwing frisbees to the audience and... 
getting everyone yes. involved and feeling good. And I do feel like those were pretty inclusive environments. Yes. And we still had a level of competition. And you're right. Like, I mean, when you look at the scores, you see who, who won first place, all these things. There's a... Man, I don't even know what the point is that I'm trying to get at with any of this anymore. With this whole competition thing. I, I think we started off with the thought of like people being qualified to judge tap. Mm-hmm. And then it... And, it kind of spiraled into this wonderful discussion about where else it could go, like with the judging and the right. It it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy to be a kid, and they need to have outlets where they feel like they are expressing themselves creatively and not being judged in such a way that they are, you know, feel bad about themselves. And I, I understand that dance competitions can be a place where they go and they are given positive encouragement to continue doing the things that they love to do. Yes, man. And that's that's important too. And I, yes, I don't man. discount that and why that's important to kids' lives. Yes. And when you have people who come from other backgrounds of dance that don't necessarily understand that, I think it's up to us to also figure out where they and, came from. And like I said, at the dance competition, at mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame where I work, yeah. we have the winner in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And if you came to that thing and you guys studied and worked as a team and put everything you had into it and you didn't get in the top 10 or you got number 8 when you thought you had a chance at going number 1 they call this back in the day I had a video ABC <laughs> Sports the thrill of victory the agony of defeat Uh huh. and as a kid that played soccer and baseball and football and growing up dance competitions you know I know and everybody knows the thrill of victory is great the agony of defeat can be paralyzing and if you went in there trying to get that number one spot and you don't end there, you could feel defeated. Sure. So anything that you can do to reinforce all of the positive in the midst of that feeling of defeat, yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a beautiful thing. It helps let you down easier. Yes. And With hon- a smile, hopefully. Yeah, and honestly, like everybody gets let down in life, True. you know? And so finding ways and tools to let yourself down. And, and for me, in my life, I always fall on to dance. The mm-hmm. dance will, I will dance my way out of this is what I always say to myself, whatever yeah. I'm going through. Yeah. And, and that's my, you know, somehow through the grace of God in my community, dance has been there for me always. And I can use it. And not, I also get to make a living and sharing this dance with people, like how lucky I am. I'm, I'm perplexed by it every day and thankful every day. Right. But like... For all of these people, you don't have to necessarily make a living with dance to have it in your life as a crutch and something that you can use when you're all the way down there in the cellar and you could dance your way out. And that's so beautiful and necessary. Music and dance and artistry, this stuff really helps us. It's our therapist if we can really get it in our hearts. And to have a therapist not out here in the world but in your own heart, that therapist will never leave you. It's a lifetime relationship with hope. That's beautiful, bro. <laughs> I like how he ends all that with bro. <laughs> all right. So here's what, here was the one thing that I wanted to ask you about. What is your advice to dancers that are suiting up right now? They're prepared. They're going to nationals this summer and they're getting ready. What's, do you have any words of wisdom or any sort of um, your top three notes that you want to give them as they're going into this experience? Yep. Uh, number one, listen to the music. Listen to the music. Listen to the music. 
The music is the wind that will guide your sailboat to where it's supposed to go. It isn't about you. It's about the music and the dance. And if it can be bigger than you, it can reach farther than you. Let the music do its job. Let the dance do its job. And you just take the ride. Number two, hold hands with your teammates and thank them. And number three, have fun. Perfect. That's, that's what I remember nationals to be growing up. Yes. It, was, it was always a fun experience and an opportunity to go to a new place. Yes. And it was the first time that I was able to travel out of state for the reason of dancing. Yes. And many times that I've been able to travel out of state or out of the country, I've been because of dance, specifically yes. tap. But competition dancing and when I was in high school, we were still doing other things too, other styles. Yes. Which Community. I think is also good too. I mean, you start to find, you get to try different things when you're a kid and you get to try these different styles of dance. And then as you go into your career, you kind of gravitate toward what you really want to do. Yeah. Hopefully. Unless, yeah, unless you're a person out there as a professional that's doing a style of dance that you really don't like. The, the path sort of presents itself. Right. And so you kind of, inevitably, whether you want to or not, you sort of fall to your path, you know? Yeah. Whether you're a destiny person or whatever. Like, the path sort of just presents itself. Like, if you've ever been on a hike in the woods, like, literally, you can either go through that bush that's really big or around it. They'll both have consequences. But you sort of create your path as the path presents itself. Sure. Okay, so you you have been on the, a new path recently, and you've been going around and tap dancing in parks around Minnesota. Parks tour. So this is this is this is one of the things I wanted to ask you about today about the parks tour. Mm-hmm. You've put out multiple videos. Some of them started. I, I think you started them in the winter. Was it actually January? Was it? No, was it like a New no. Year's thing or no? It was March. And okay. It was just happened to be late March. So it was it, snowing in the first. Man, it may have been late April. It okay, was, I think it was mid-April, and it was snowing bad. Yeah, and you were in the middle of a park with a Father Hennepin Park. And what's the name of the drummer that you're drumming with? Jay Corcoran. Jay Corcoran. Yes, Jay. And you said he's your spirit animal. Jay, <laughs> I love you, Jay. So how did that come about? Okay, uh, I've known Jay for a long time. Jay's an amazing person, a spiritual person, a really cool dude, amazing drummer. Um, and he said, let's make a video together. Like, I'm liking your post you put on Facebook. Like, I drum, you tap. Let's do something. What What should we do? Yeah. You rap. You, you're a sweet rapper. I think he actually approached me as a rapper. She's like, I heard, I heard you're a dope rapper. Yeah, he was like, dude, let's do something together. And... I said, yeah, and so we made some plan. We we're going to make some video, and we never did. Oh. And then a year later, he's like, let's do it. And I was like, literally like this situation. This I was like, what you do. Yeah, so I was like, what Today. do you I got a half an hour before I have to leave. I had to leave for Hall of Fame. Damn. I had a half an hour. It's always on your way out that you have these creative spurts. Yeah, I was like, I got a half an hour. Can you meet at the park? Yes, meet at the park. So then we met at the park, shot it, bam, put it online. Was it one take, basically? One take. No, that one was two takes. Okay. Some of them have been up to four takes we've done now. Sure. But we, we literally get to the park, set up and start creating, and then we text through the week, and like he's like, what about this park? What about that park? We never okay. talk about the, the dance or the drums, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just it's, where... Just where? When, and what then time? Like, if we do, it's like, I like this song or this tempo. Cool. What park? You know what I mean? It's back to where we're going to sure. actually do it. Because if you can get together, yeah. then that's celebrate the park. Get together. Carve out time to meet with the people that inspire you. And just 
if whether it's you know a lot of people say well I don't drink anymore or I don't drink coffee or whatever. okay cool 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 drink tea instead let's not drink anything let's just yeah. go in the park and yeah. make a video because we love parks and we love dance and we love drums and we love videos and we love Minnesota let's just celebrate that and then share it yeah. let's, let's have a tour of the parks we don't have to go on tour with a big tour in stadiums or theaters or performing arts we could just get together in the park and we could go on tour to the parks and share it on Facebook and people can come on our journey and talk about it on podcast and that's beautiful yeah it is. So you've been. You just take. You take a wooden board. You've got. He's had a couple different types of drum sets or different setups in each one. I think one time he had. He might have had brushes. Mm-hmm. One time he had one of those cocktail kits. Like yeah. Like if you ever yeah. seen something about Mary, he had one of those kind of drum sets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a professional drummer that plays all sorts of bands and does a lot of stuff. And this is just for fun. So he's got a rehearsal space where he has lots of drums. So he just grabs whatever he's got. A, truck yeah because he's a drummer so you don't need much so he just throws stuff in there and i throw the board in and it's like let's go awesome uh do you have a hashtag that unites all of that parks tour parks tour straight up or parks tours parks tour oh i don't know right now okay tour but if they if they went to your facebook page it's Uh it's uh-huh and i'll post the link in the comments of this okay yes send me the link and I'll, i'll put it in like the info section yes which will I, yes. I noticed that even yes. when you're on like yes. I, if you go onto iTunes or whatever you call it Apple Podcasts, you see like the hyperlinks of it in there too, so it's really easy to click on it. Yes, click, click, click. Okay, so we got the Parks Tour, and we talked about Hall of Fame, and now we've got the Humbug coming up. Well, no, actually, it's our, it's more about the RSM right who, now, isn't it? Who brought the we do, we, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on Humbug. I just who, saw it announced. Who brought the Humbug? Oh, I know you ain't alone. It's, it's dude. It's such a fun <laughs> show. I'm so thankful to be a part of it. And that's thank how you read. You're thank at the Dave, Cole thank Center. Drew, thank. Uh, oh man, we got banjo. We got <laughs> Faye, Stan and Lucia on the horns. Man, it's so fun. It's so fun. Yes. Yeah, so you're gonna be. Last year it was at the Lab Theater. And you had special guests coming in. We you brought Andy and I in for one of the nights. Dude, I'm I'm a little bit bummed that I had a kind of wonky ankle that night, but it was so yeah, fun. Now it it's back so in full fun. force. We're doing it again. Yeah, so you're doing it again. It's going to be this December at the Cole Center. Yes, sir. And that's that's going to be exciting. You're, there's a, there's a lot going on there. Yes, Cole you're Center. Bringing in friends from out of town. I know you were yes. making some promo stuff and yes. getting that ready. Yes. And even though it's June, you're you're already thinking about December. Yes. And what's going to happen then? Constantly, man. Well, right now, if you wanted to get tickets to that, I saw that on the Cole Center website. It looks like they are available, from what I saw. And there is more information on there. If you wanted to find more out about that, we can put that in the link as well. Put a link in the. Here's the deal with that. What is it? Here's the. I'm just gonna say what's this the deal? on the podcast, so I don't get blown up. Uh, so the lower level of the Cole Center is substantially smaller than the balcony. True. It's about, and we're right. doing VIP tickets down on the lower level where you get champagne and you get the cocktail table and you get the VIP experience. And then the show, as anyone that went last year knows, is very interactive. So the interactive elements of the show are going to have a lot more impact on the people on the lower deck and the VIP tables. Okay. Okay. And with the VIP tables, you got a little more space and you can have drinks and things. Sure. Okay. So I didn't even know that they let you... Drink in the cold center. That must be kind of a newer thing they're doing. We may have changed the game a little bit when we... Beautiful. So, 
it's a really it's going to be a fun, super interactive show. But don't wait too long to get your tickets and then inbox me in October. Ricky, I need and about hook trying to get up. the hookup with yes, looking for the hookup on the new, VIP. I met tickets. a new lady on Bumble and I got to bring her. <laughs> Get them early so you can get that lower level experience. The upper deck's going to be amazing too, but if you want the full experience, get them early. I mean, we're going to, yes, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Yeah, don't don't wait. Don't wait and come crying later. Yes. That's what you're saying. Well, because I love everybody. I have so many, you know, friends in this dance world and in this, and my family is really big. And It sure is. And... Like, that was always a party every time. Like yeah. Your graduation party was unreal. My family is huge and awesome and so loud and awesome. And guys, get the tickets early because I can't handle the huge wave of inboxes trying to get the hookup from everybody. So that's all I'm going to say. I love <laughs> uh, Don't even send an inbox. Don't even send it. <laughs> Just don't even. There's no time for that. You, you heard it here. They're available now. It's still summertime. If you really want to go, go get your tickets. Colecenter.org. C-O-W-L-E-S. We forever having to teach people how to pronounce the name of this place because it's spelled Cowles. What looks like it should be Cowles is the Cole Center. And as you know, I, I DJ for weddings as well. And I just met with a bride whose last name is Cowles. And it's spelled like the Cole Center. Oh, no. So I've worked all my life to like retrain my brain to properly say this name of a performing arts venue. And now I've got a person who I have to flip that switch back off for and go back to my natural default pronunciation. Uh, it's okay. Names. That's why you write these things out phonetically. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Can we, so, can we take uh, 25 seconds so I can go pee? Yeah, dude. It's, I'll just keep it rolling. Okay. It doesn't matter. It's going to get trimmed. Okay. Like a bris. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt the Shoe Guy from Dancing Fair, and you're listening to Have Tap Shoes, Will Travel. God, it's still there. Remember 1999, we were out at Valley Fair Amusement Park on the amphitheater stage, and before the end of the first half, we came out and did some beatboxing, and then we went into um, the the whitest version of the Humpty Dance you'll ever hear. <laughs> I don't know. I, we might have even mentioned that on the last one, but that just yeah. makes me laugh every time I think about that. Yeah. Rewriting the lyrics to the Humpty Dance. To talk about our group 10 foot 5 at the time. Uh, yep, we did that. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was 20 years ago. Yep. Which is like basically half of a lifetime. That's a freaking trip, man. Yep. And 
when I saw back in that time, like within a year or two of that time, I remember we like seeing these old school dancers for the first time and learning about Jimmy Slide and learning about all these old school guys that were like in their 70s. Some of them were in their 80s even, and they were still able to tap dance. And that just, I just can't help but think about that. Like long ago, we kind of made a decision, I guess, or maybe it wasn't even a conscious decision, but as we continue doing it today, Mm. it's still going. And it was something that I looked to these people and thought, man, they can do that when they're that old and they can still move and everything. Mm. And so I'm glad to be a part of that and on the way toward that. Yeah. Dance. That's a a thought I was having there. Yeah. Dance is not a destination. It's a mode of transportation. Mm. And I think just just keep dancing. I don't know that you'll ever... You know, when I was younger, even in my late 20s, early 30s, it was, you're going to get some golden ribbon or somebody's going to come up and give you a high five and that's going to be your crowning moment that you've achieved dance or that you're a valid uh, contributor to the dance as a whole or our dance. And I think that that's uh, all ego-based thinking. I think just be grateful that you can dance today and whatever dance you have today, get yourself out of it and let the dance be bigger and just try to find truth in your dance and just let the dance guide you through life. And that's the bigger challenge. It's not to hit the step cleanly or find the exact pocket. The bigger challenge, I think, is trying to continue to find the dance as you change and as your life changes to continue to allow allow the dance, the artistry, the music, the creative spirit inside of you to be a leading force in your life. What is your value system and how do you value your creative, your inner light? And I think for me, that's where I'm at. That's what the new project's about, waking up to that inner light. Nice. Ooh, you're making this natural transition right there. Beautiful. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking about like as you're talking about the different things that change throughout your life and the the dance changing with it, and then the thought that I was having in my head was as your body changes too. You mm-hmm. have, I would say, you have access to some steps that you didn't have access to before, and you might not have the same access to steps that you would have otherwise had access to when you were 15. Yeah. But the, the other cool thing that I was thinking about was as, as you move forward, you also have the ability to train your body in different ways that you could build it up to do whatever the hell you want. If you wanted to develop your body to do a certain step or get better at something, you can start working out and make it better. (laughs) Like you can, you, you're in your 40s you're in your 50s you can still go for a run yeah you know like you can still go and lift some weights yeah you can still go get on the treadmill whatever you gotta do so those types of things like if you feel like you don't have access to things you can develop access and create the pathway to having access to steps if you want it's just you might not have as much repetition and muscle memory with a certain step as a dancer yeah and the only way you build that up is by getting into the studio and putting that step in your body. Dance. Get it in your muscle memory. Dance. Yeah. Just dance. The process of dance makes you better at it. Yeah. The Just practice. Putting the, practice, the, putting the, the, the practice. music on. Man, it, like a doctor, 
a, a doctor, a lawyer, like these kind of people, they have a, they practice medicine, they practice law. They don't have a destination doctor. Destination, I think that's oh, that's a good point. They say that they they're practicing medicine. That's yeah, a, and they're practicing law, and we're practicing dance. We don't have a you know dance studio where it's like, and this is the solution. Right. It's like nobody has the solution. We're pursuing the the form. We're pursuing dance. Right. And in that pursuit, we find so much. Like life is a journey, man. Like <laughs> it really is. You know what I mean? Don't try too hard to get there because the only spot in life is the end. So don't try too much to get there because the rest is fluid. It's a movement. Yeah, because once you arrive, you're gonna be like, oh dang, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Keep moving though. <laughs> it's like Janet Jackson. That's the end. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're at this. We're at this new project that you've been developing, and it's been in the works for a while. Mm. I know you've been thinking about these things for a while. You've you've created some footage. I remember we were at a video shoot a while back, and it's you know I couldn't I couldn't help but wonder like when's that ever going to come out? But didn't realize at the time that it's part of a bigger concept that you have going on. Yeah. And. The and it's it's RSM, the Rhythm Street Movement. Rhythm Street Movement, which also happens to be your initials. This is also true. I don't know, like spoiler alert, but can you tell us more about that? Like, what's I don't know. You have a premiere coming up that is going to kind of launch. So if you can also talk about that. Yeah, Rhythm Street Movement is the company, okay. and it's based on creating a creative company where we can have real estate on both sides of the street. On the left side of the street, you have Humbug, and you have the new Waking Up Project, and you can have other shows and creative endeavors uh, that are independent, unique, creative stuff. Shows and tap dance and music, albums, you could have videos, you could have an outreach program, educational. All of that is creative-based work. Sure. On the other side of the street, you can work, and this is a really big one with me and this chapter of my life, because I feel like when I was in my younger 20s, I was so upset with the man and the overall institution and the corporations and the machine as a whole, right? I was like this angsty 20s, like look at how messed up the world is. The machine has control. But in that machine, there are people and these people have hopes and dreams. They have fears. They have kids and all these people have jobs and they work for this product. So my goal with the other side of the street is to work with the individuals in these companies to help them with what they need from a creative standpoint. And so far we've worked with Toro Corporation and they create lawnmowers and snowblowers and they need creative content to inspire their audience to go buy their products. Now, does that mean I'm a sellout or does that mean I have used my uh, creative talents to join the dark side? I don't believe so. I believe it's connecting people and the people we work with on the production of that content and the people that work in that marketing group. Those are all people. And if we can inspire individuals, we can make a small difference in the way that machine operates in their value system of do we value people and creativity and community? Because that's what moves people. That's the Rhythm Street movement I'm talking about. And if we can do that, then that's going to inspire also opportunity for those big companies to reach into the arts community. And now we have dialogue and conversation and something that I think is beautiful right in the middle of that street, which is bringing together artists and big business. And hopefully, I mean, it's just all, it's, it's just slowly coming together. 
But hopefully it makes a small impact on all of the people, the business people and the artists to see each other not as enemies, but as just humans. And we're all kind of trying to figure out our path. And maybe it's a little more fun to figure out your path on a street made of rhythm, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't see personally when I look at something like that, I don't see that as a selling out. I think the thing that one needs to consider is who do they decide to work with and if it's a company that you believe in if you believe in their products you believe in their practices or you believe in the company in general then i think that's okay i don't think that's called selling out at that point i think that's called a collaboration that's called a partnership that's called you know working to help each other solve their problems and when somebody's trying to promote a product one of their problems is how do i get this product out to so people know that it exists and they come to people that are creative to figure out solutions to those problems for them. Oh, man, I just realized the refrigerator's plugged in. It's probably been going the whole time, but sorry about that, everyone. If I usually unplug that. God, there's 500 things in my head at once. But you got anyway, a lot of veggies in there. Yeah, we got to keep them nice. All right, so, so as, you're, as you're helping people solve their problems, you have to just consider who you, whose problems you want to help solve. And... I think the point of one being a sellout comes when you do that despite you not believing in the thing. If you don't believe in the company you're working to help sell their products and things. I think there's right. something to that. I think that's when it becomes a point of selling out. Right. If you go too deep into researching any company, you might find some things that you don't agree with. And so the bigger the company, the more things you would be able to find if you were to investigate. They'd be like, I don't know that I understand why they did this or I don't understand why they had to do that. That feels like they did. And, you know, that's the nature of business. Like right. Decisions are, have to be made. And there's sometimes people that get, you know, the low end of the stick or whatever you call it, the bottom of the shoe. Boom. Sorry, you can't be a part of this or however that works. I don't know. I don't know the words to articulate what I'm trying to say in that. But I know that the people that work for these companies, I know that. If you value people first, I know that then you have an opportunity to inspire people. And I know it's like, yeah, we're trying to light up a huge stadium and you're talking about trying to light up a Christmas light. But I'm like, they're all connected. Light is light is light. So let's just worry about individuals and individual relationships and grow organically from the inside out. And that's what I'm trying to do with Rhythm Street. <laughs> Try to put like a nice little bow on that one. Yeah. Okay, so it sounds like you've, you've got one side of it that you are looking to present work that is uh, like albums, CDs, stage shows. And then the other side is working to do like sort of more corporate work and producing videos and things and helping people solve creative problems that they might be yes. um, having presented for them. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. I think it does. I mean, it's my pursuit right now. Yeah, and and so as you're as you're creating this street, then you're that who knows where that path leads as it as it moves forward. Right, it's creative real estate, so it's all creative. Yeah, and it's all funded and founded by creative energy. So right, and to be able to present work, and you know, if you if you have companies as a dance company, you have a couple options. You could decide to be a sort of non profit company entity mm -hmm. where oftentimes you have to rely on donors or grants or state funding or you know there are, there are multiple ways that not-for-profit 
businesses can bring in money to do their projects. Yes. But then a for-profit business can also have other ways of bringing in money that nonprofits might not. Yes. And oftentimes when it's a for-profit endeavor, then you need to bring in your own money somehow to be able to present the work that you're doing. Yes. You don't have a grant to fund it. No grants. And I can see where sometimes if you're helping people solve their advertising creative you know debacles then you can get into they will give you funds for those types of things that help you produce other work i know that's how we've done it in the past is oftentimes you can pull money in from one area to then produce other work in another area that's the theory it's it's a complete juggling act though when you're trying to Get your own thing going. Oh, yes, it is. And I am right in the midst of the juggle, uh, 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 Rick. I'm mm-hmm. in the juggle right now. So what is when we talk about the Rhythm Street movement, I think we're talking about, as of now, the side of the street that I'm interested in hearing about is the one that is talking about the, the stage shows, the recordings. That's that's the area that I, that I knew the most about as well. Mm-hmm. But that area, as you're moving forward... You have, on July 16th, you said that you were going to be launching the first video of this project. The project is called Waking Up, as I alluded to earlier. Right. Waking Up is about, it's a project about coming of age, not the first time, because everyone talks about coming of age when you're a teenager into adulthood. Mm-hmm. I think for me, and I think for a lot of people, there's a second coming of age that happens when you move into being an adult. And you kind of got your life together and you have a child or you make a a very important decision about where your path is going to go. Like you come to a big cross uh, T in the road and you pick a direction. Mm -hmm. And for me, that direction, that T in the road, one way was to the left or whatever. And the other way was Rhythm Street. And I took Rhythm Street and I put everything I have into it. And I believe that's how I serve my community. So it's like I'm waking up to this new life as a father, this new life as a dance teacher, and this new life as a owner of a company that values creative work that inspires the community. And I think all of those things are the new waking up. And anytime you're waking up to your new truth, you have a lot of fear, you have a lot of, a ton of emotions, all sorts of things happen to you when you have your first child or when you get a new house with your new wife or whatever it is, like there's this sort of turning point that happens and that brings you through a whole different spectrum of coming of age than the first time around and uh, that's what I'm going through and I think from that perspective where I am right now I can see back and I can understand very clearly what I just went through and I can see forward and I can kind of comprehend what I envision for the future of my life and so I'm at this little turning point and so I have a perspective that I want to capture with a creative monument of my life and kind of a present to my son so when he gets to my age or 20 years old or something he can kind of see where I was at this point because by that point when he wants to get to know me he'll know the new me who isn't the me of today so this work kind of captures my perspective and hopefully the community of artists I work with perspective at this time in this city and um, yeah my journey as a whole it's called waking up nice and is it, that's the first track the first track is called Get Down, and Get it's Down. released on July 16th. The music video, the song. Now, where will people be able to see it? That's a great question. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, 
We're going to try to get it as many places. The whole goal with the Waking Up Project, the whole plan is yeah. to reach people. Right. That's the whole plan. Yeah. So beyond that, we don't really have much of a plan other than reach people and inspire people and let them know. It's kind of like therapy. It's like eight songs. I'm calling them the eight affirmations. Okay. Like each piece is trying to help you because I know what it feels like to be down in that hole. You know what it feels like to be down in that hole. And when you're down in that hole, you're just like someone throws a ladder down and you don't even trust that it's a real ladder. You're just down there like, no, the world is bad. Everything hurts. I can't deal with it. No, for real. This ladder worked. Try it. <laughs> Dude, we know you're down there. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, you know, like you, you can't get out. And these eight affirmations, this whole piece as a whole is sort of letting you know, like, this is part of everyone's journey. And everyone ultimately has to find themselves alone at times. And when you're alone, that is a time of power because you're going to get to that light again. You know what I mean? The light might not be somewhere you're looking around you. It might be in you. And that light in you might be the most powerful light you've ever had. And you just got to get alone and be all in a dark room to realize that you're going to have to take the time to go find it. And you can't go outside. You got to go in there. But once you got it, and you'll get it, once you got it, you know, you're lit. And everybody's trying to get lit these days. Hey. <laughs> Makes me think of the sensory deprivation tank. Really, I've never been in one, but apparently there's a tank that you can go in that you, it completely shuts off all the senses. Cool. So you can just hear what's actually going on in your own. Cool. People have profound experiences in these situations. Sounds cool. Like Sounds like it would be. All those. I, I I think there's something to do with going underwater to an extent. Where yeah. I mean, you're still your face is above it, but. Where it's like your ears. your ears and everything are kind of cut out of sound. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Super cool. Okay, so that was kind of a weird tangent from that. Sorry. Sometimes I jump into the deep end of what I went through in the creative and what the intention behind the work is. Right, yeah. And sometimes I go on these sort of deeper tangents. Okay. But Can you tell us the titles of some of the ones or is, are they going to be released as they're released then that's when you discover what they are sure i'll tell you the titles the titles are uh, save the day get down rise up uh what's another title timeless dig in yeah uh so the eight affirmations they're all angel eyes and how often are they going to be released do you have like a plan of yes great question so this, the release starts on july 16th Okay. And then stay tuned to us on Tuesdays because Tuesdays will kind of be our prime release day from then all the way to the live show, which takes place at the Lab Theater. Okay. I rented out the Lab Theater to do the live showing of Waking Up, a Rhythm Street movement, mm-hmm. September 27th and 28th. This is a two night. Two nights. Nice. Yes. At the lab where you did Who Brought the Hum... Or, yeah. Yep. Who Brought the Humbug. Yep. This last December. Yes. So if you saw that show there... The Lab in the North Loop. Right. It's kind of down by Acme Comedy. The Minnesota Opera has got their spot down there, I believe. Didn't the Minnesota Opera just purchase the Lab? Yep. Okay. So it's still being operated by the same group. Okay. But it's just different ownership. Nice. Wow. Mark it on your calendars. September 27th, 28th. Waking up. A Rhythm Street movement. Oh, Oh, man. It is... Lit is the final video presented the Tuesday before opening night. Is that how you're that just works? gonna have to stay tuned and find out? Just stay tuned. Rhythm Street Movement 
Facebook, Rhythm Street Movement Instagram, Rhythm Street Movement YouTube. We're going to be trying to reach as many people as possible. And like I said, the whole intention of this whole thing, yeah. this huge project, it's, it's an album, it's music videos, it's a stage show, and the whole intention is to inspire. That's right. the primary value and the primary focus. So in conversations in the sound studio, conversations with videographers, conversations with uh, me and David Feely, the music director, mm-hmm. conversations with the dancers, that is what our primary focus and our primary goal is. And to inspire, you have to be inspired. So what kind of work is it going to require from us to get together, to get to that place where right. we can really create that real work? That, that, you know, the real stuff, the good stuff. Yeah, how do you facilitate the environment mm. so people can come together and be in that zone? It's a, it's a journey, man. It's a journey and it's taken two and a half years. Right. And uh, you'd be amazed when you allow yourself to let go, you know, because you feel like you have to steer this thing or like you have to be in charge of this thing. But sometimes the biggest way to be in charge is to let go and to be thankful and to allow others' light to guide you to the path. And like this dude named Solomon, uh, Faye Lewis, uh, these people, Stan Johnson, all these people have such different energy. Yeah. And it all guides things in such powerful ways. And to work with all these people, Kevin Gastonway, everybody, every single person is so different. Keyboard monster. Cornell Blanchard, Heatbox, oh man, everybody, Feely, Drew, every single person is so different. And And yet, when you allow their inspiration, their sort of deeper vibe they're creative to be mm-hmm. the, to be the leader it brings things together in a different way than you could have imagined right even as a creative person and so that's another big part of this that has been powerful for me to learn from and i'm just so thankful to be a part of it and it's gonna be a it looks like a friday and a saturday night yes sir in september yes sir and you're gonna be working every and starting july 16th you said every tuesday that's the plan is to release Tuesdays videos every Tuesdays that leads up to this show then in the end. Yep. And like I said, we don't really have any funding for this. There's no grants. So <laughs> so like there's no grants, there's no corporate sponsorship, there's no this is a complete creative endeavor right. that has been funded 100% by me doing choreography mm-hmm. and you know like we worked with the Toro Facebook department. Right. We didn't get into their full marketing group yet, but we hope and so there's like a little money. We produced here and a series of videos for them, though. Right. That had to do with like the snowblower videos and the right. What was it the the ninja? What was backyard ninja? <laughs> backyard ninja. So we've done some fun stuff for their uh, Facebook department. Okay. And we really hope that relationship continues to develop. But what I'm getting at is like there's only so much change you can pull out of different piggy banks. Right. And you kind of got to pull all the pennies together to put on a project like this. Mm-hmm. And you know how it works. You're an independent <laughs> artist as well. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how it works because I, I've I've figured out ways to make it work, but I want to know. I, I would you know more and more. I want to find ways to that it does work. You know, I don't know. I, you know what I'm saying is this: I want to inspire people. Right. I want to inspire people at all costs, whatever the cost. If I can help you find the eight affirmations, if I can make you feel pumped up about your life, mm-hmm. my work in the community is being done. Right. And what's more important to me than money is getting my job done. I have a job here on this planet. I have a purpose-driven like life, whatever those inspirational speakers say. I kind of got that going for me right now with this work and waking up. Sure. And with Rhythm Street and with Hall of Fame and with teaching a dance. Like I feel inspired and empowered right now. Mm-hmm. And so my work is to keep that in others. 
how do I help others discover this sort of energy? Because it ain't a Red Bull. It's like a deeper vibe. So right. how am I going to get other people to move with it? And you know, like my main man, Reed Grimm, like we are creating now. Like you have to invest yourself into the work. Otherwise, it's just a lie anyway. So I'm putting, of course, myself is in it. Of course, I'm going to bring my money into it. Right. And my wife has been supportive of every step. So we're all the way in. And it's been a really cool journey so far terrifying journey so far and we're finally getting close to the july 16th release of the first piece and all that investment involved all we need from the people is to share the video yeah just watch it share it watch it and share it give it a thumbs up that's it and if you're really inspired you could buy a t-shirt because that's how we're gonna fund the live show really t-shirt sales Wow. Did you go to Humbug? I'm a t-shirt salesman, Rick. That's what I do. Well, you love t-shirts. I love t-shirts. If there's one thing that you love more than t-shirts, though, that I would know, it would be shoes. Oh, I love shoes. (laughs) I got a new pair of tattoos tomorrow. Well, you just got this puppy dog look in your eye when you heard the word shoes. It was hilarious. (laughs) But I I just recently saw your video that you shot over at the dancing fair. I got new tap shoes. God, you were so pumped up yesterday. I got new tap shoes. You got a new white pair of shoes. Yes, new tap shoes. And... Okay, so are you going to have special designs put on these? Uh, no, I, they're just GS1s. <laughs> and yeah, I've been actually, I have an old pair of J. Sam's that I've been drawing, I've been writing like notes to myself yeah. on the shoes. Right. I love that. And then Charles Renato was talking about his wife who also does art. She does art on the shoe. Yeah, yeah that, that stuff looks really cool. Super and, nice. Uh, Star Dixon had some shoes that she had that. Had all these really cool designs on them. First of all, Star Dixon, when she's tap dancing, watch out. (laughs) What? Like, that's a whole different realm of amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. There's a lot of amazing dancers that came out of Chicago. Wow. And I I had an opportunity to sit down and talk with Trey for a little bit. Yeah. Trey Dumas. Trey, thank you so much, Trey. Man, he's got a really cool project coming together, too. His father was a musician, and... He, like really funky stuff too. It has like a sort of Sly in the Family Stone meets like Earth, Wind and Fire slash I don't know. It's just got it's it's a really good music. Yes, Rasputin Stash was the name of the band, and they're actually on they're on iTunes and Apple Music and stuff. I found their stuff on there. They reminded me. You sent me the link. Yeah, that stuff. It's it just, reminds me sort of of like Sly meets War. Yeah, I don't know if you're yes, yeah, Cisco Kid. Yes, you know I wasn't gonna just default to Low Rider. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It has it has that groove to it, and he's he's developing a, a show that has his father's music, and he's that he's kind of in works with that. And it's cool to hear people when they're really excited about a project they're working on, and they've got so much of themselves invested into it that it is it's them, you know. And that's when it's all yours. Here's the quote. I was listening to the uh, Joey Diaz on the Church of What's Happening Now podcast. Dope. And he had a guest named Andrew Santino on. And he, his, he, they were talking about Richard Pryor. And I wrote this down today because I thought it was such a great quote. And now here it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present it to you all. When your material is about you, like Pryor did it so well, it lives forever because it's so personal. Beautiful. And. The thought of that, he was talking in regards to comics who will sometimes do material that's based on stuff that's happening during the times. Uh-huh. And then like 20 years later, you hear a joke about you know something that's not even relevant anymore. And that joke doesn't stand the test of time. Whereas Richard Pryor, because his jokes were always about stuff that was in his life, mm. that's what made it 
so timeless. powerful and timeless. And now you can still watch his stuff and be inspired by it, and it's still relevant. Yeah, it's dope. And I think that that seems like what is going on within these projects that I'm hearing about is when people have that element in there Your where it's, it's them. Yeah. And I think that is the difference between what makes a dance show, a sort of show that might have a script like, say, for instance, 42nd Street or, you know, Anything Goes. Any of these shows, right? Mm-hmm. They have a script. They have a score. It's going to be the same show every night. I mean, you're going to have variables with their actors. Someone's going to trip one night, whatever. But it's still the same show, right. and you're presenting Anything Goes every night. Right. Whereas when you have something like this, I, I like to think of what I do and what some of these other people do as a dance concert where you're more like a band a lot of the time. Yeah. Where it's, it's being presented in such a way that it's a musical dance experience. Yes. And Authentic. not, and it's not. It doesn't have to be the same show every night. You could change the set list, like a band might change the yes. set list. Whereas in anything goes, if you decide to do anything goes at the beginning of the show, you're gonna you're gonna blow it because mm. that's part of the arc of the show that you hit that at that moment. Rick, we, you and I personally have been on the same path for a long time. The same, like. How do we make this so real that we can feel it with all of ourselves? And at the same time, not forget about this audience right here. Yeah. Like we wanna, we also, both of us, really want to entertain these folks. And connect. We want to entertain them so that they want to come into this work. Yeah. But at the same time, we, we're trying to figure out how to get like down to the bottom of this work. So we're trying to reach in at the same time as reach out. And I and still at the same time respect the masters that came before because I think that's such a huge thing. I'm not trying to just come in and just do some sort of hack job. I'm no. coming in because I want to. I want to be one of the guys that's doing it at 80 years old. That people are like, "Damn, that motherfucker did some shit in his life." Yeah. Sorry. Here I go. But whatever. That's that's the way I I feel about I, it. It's, I, hear I think it's important I hear you. that you that you recognize where we got this from. Yes. And, and recognize that. Our origins and, and when we started were in competition, which we didn't realize some of the original origins of the dance. We weren't taught the history the same way. Man. And what we did learn, though, were a lot of techniques and movements. Can I, can and I just preach to muscle memory? And now it's, it's up to us to go and dig deeper to find out about these people that taught it to us and carry that on. Dude, I kind of want to preach, but this bit I was just going to say is actually going to be part of the waking up show and <laughs> I don't want to like Spoiler do the alert. I don't want to do the piece from the show on the podcast but yes yes I don't want to give away too much let me just say well, you're this not give away that much. let you me just say this don't do the whole script but let me just say this yeah, say okay your thing. let me just say this so like a, a bonfire is in a ring okay yes and so as you come of age the first time in your life you want to get away from what your parents did and what the your rules were from your teachers in life and you want to go find your world and you want to get away from you want to run away from home mm-hmm. okay and so you get outside of the ring of rocks and you're an independent fire and you're going to start your own thing and you're going to change the world and you have your ideals and you have your beliefs and you run away and you're doing it and you're getting it and you're doing this stuff and you're going to dip you're, it's your thing it's just about you and your journey and your thing and for me as soon it was I was all the way out there as far as I could get yeah. and as soon is God gifted me and Brittany with Leonardo. Mm-hmm. It immediately dawned on me. I turned around and looked with terror in my eyes <laughs> for my parents. 
what path did they take? How did, uh, how did they go through their life? And I suddenly dawned on me that they were in someone else's footsteps and they were in someone else's footsteps. And we were all sort of trying to find our dance in the sands of time. Hmm. And we were all trying to find the footprints. And yet at the same time, we all longed at one point in our journey to run away. So the path expands. And at the same time, we need each other's footprints to help us through. And oh, you know Leonardo's going to feel the need to run away at some point. Yes. He's going to be like, I need yes. to get out of here. I need to go explore my world. Yes. And We all do. And the thing is, we just need to be there to support those people. And we got to keep you know? making those footprints so when they inevitably come back yeah. looking for the path, we left good enough footprints <laughs> for them to find a way. Set a little aside because one day he's going to call and he's going to be like, Dad... Uh, the the engine just blew up. I'm in the middle. Of, <laughs> I'm in the middle of Colorado. <laughs> Something like that. Ah, uh, yes. When Inevitably, you were, gonna when you were two, I made a podcast with Rick, and that day I put away 128 dollars. <laughs> and it's it's just been accruing interest the whole time. So here is your 1,000 dollars. Just never tell time. him about it, but just know he's he's gonna need that one day. Call it Leo's band fund. <laughs> Dad, I'm going to be a rapper, and you're not going to tell me otherwise. Here's the thing. You don't want to be a rapper. Dad! <laughs> Who would be a better rapper than you, Dad? <laughs> Him and me having a rap battle in the kitchen about how he's not allowed to be a rapper. And then he just rips you apart, yeah. and then you're like, damn, my son's a rapper. <laughs> Life is a musical. I love it. Hey, Rick. It's a good ride. Hey, Rick. Thank you for having this podcast with me. Damn right. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Thank you for being on it again. Yeah. Hey, there- thank you guys for listening. Every single one of you guys driving around on your headphones, whatever you're doing, thank you for listening right now. You. Yes, you. Thank you. Yeah, you. If you're asking yourself, me? Yes. You. Thank you. I appreciate Everybody it, too. Everybody is a star. <laughs> Everybody is a star. Right. It's true, man. Man, that's it. Yeah, what? So you're off. You're off tomorrow at six a.m. You got to fly. Yep, Hall of Fame, Rhythm yep. Street Movement. Rhythm, Rhythm Street, Street Movement. Movement. Now, Rhythm do you Street have a website Movement. up for it yet? Yep, RhythmStreetMovement.com. You Perfect. can go there right now and buy T-shirts. That's right. That's that's how you're doing it. T-shirts. And how many different designs do we have available? One. Okay, there you go. So, you, do you want the shirt or not? Do you want to support our journey? <laughs> yeah. Do you like our art? Do you think it's any value to the community? If you yeah. don't see the value in our work, do not support it. Uh-oh. If you do see the value in it, share the video. And if you really think that there's a positive happening with this work that I'm putting everything into, buy a t-shirt and help support our journey and the artists connected. Because that's what, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what it's doing. It's not just about the shirt. It's about showing support. Yes. Now, now we're starting like we're going to be NPR for a second. <laughs> so now you've been listening to this podcast. Just take a moment to go to rhythmstreetmovement.com and purchase a shirt today. That shirt, that support is going to help the Rhythm Street Movement get underway with their run of shows that are coming up in September on September 27th and 28th at the Lab Theater in Minneapolis. Consider supporting today. And thank you for listening. There are also going to be videos posted starting July 16th, every Tuesday. Make sure you tune in. The Waking Up Project of Rhythm Street Movement. Or you can wait until September and binge watch 
all videos at once. And the album release. But you're probably going to have some spoiler alerts before then, as people are posting about it, saying, Ricky, you're so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, he's lost his mind again. Guess who's preaching today? <laughs> Whatever. That's you've always been like that, though. Like uh, for those of you that wonder, he's he's always kind of been like that. It must be that's Sunday because my ass is preaching again. You got you got to keep people inspired and keep them having fun and enjoying what they're doing and hopefully contributing in a way that is artistically satisfying. Let me just say this. Let's end it with this, okay? All Everybody, right. you guys can take this quote and write it in your journal. <laughs> Do people have journals? Just write this down or just keep it in your mind. I say keep a green room in your heart. So no matter what stage you have to go on this day, you have that green room clean and calm and a good place for you to go into. Make sure that you got a nice spot inside of you so you can go in there and just chill before you go out into the world so you can take your best self out. And this is the quote I want to share with you. When life gives you the spotlight, be the disco ball and share that light with every corner of your world. Thanks for listening, y'all. Peace. Yeah. Well, thank you once again for being here, Ricky. It's been awesome having you hanging out. Whoop, whoop. Uh, one thing that I wanted to also thank is the people that were involved in creating the music that we used on today's podcast. I wanted to make sure that we gave a shout out to them because, yes, though we Ryan don't hear Bynum, Sean Smitty Smith. Uh, David Feely, Kevin Israel, and Solomon Witherspoon. Solomon! All right, so now we're, we're, at this point, we're going to crank that song up, and you can all enjoy. What was the title of the song? That Beat. That Beat. We're going we're gonna to play it again from the top. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard it, but now we're going to play the song in its entirety, so you can hear it on the way out. And go over to rhythmstreetmovement.com and check it out. Grab a shirt and support this work. Thank you. Is there anything more to say? Nope. Yeah, I didn't think so either. All right. Thanks again. Have a wonderful day. We'll be back next week with another podcast. Bye-bye. Peace out. Simply stay and come again And all you got to do is find that From the end of rhythm that run Through the street that you live in It's the pulse of the people It's the sign of the times It's that beat From the end of rhythm that runs Through the streets that you live in It's the answer to the question that you're trying to find It's the answer to the question that you're trying to find What's the answer to the question? It's that beat Out of space and all the cosmos. Then your grandma's homemade pie. Then the secrets only God knows. Then the twinkle in your baby's eyes. Junk up for the broken hearts. This danger is for you. It's simply stated, it's complicated, and all you got to do is.
Let's find that Big game plans and planes, vans, trains and hurricanes, sand, salt, rocks and water. The polar ice caps before the weather got hotter. It's bigger than that. It's the whole enchilada. The whole bag of chips, salsa, guac and dip. Smartphones, funny bones and microchips. Botox, lips and lipo hips. Bigger than every single one of those micro hits. Bigger than Wi-Fi in a high rise with wise guys in suits. Bigger than Mai Tais and high fives and flybys with deuce. Bigger than handshakes at Great Lakes and tectonic plates. Bigger than the wishes on your birthday cake. It's bigger than money, it's bigger than power It's bigger than love at the Eiffel Tower It's bigger than bread, it's bigger than bed It's bigger than the galaxy inside of your head It's bigger than drama, it's bigger than mama It's bigger than the teachings of the Dalai Lama It's bigger than fights, it's bigger than lights It's bigger than debating over lefts and rights Young and full of broken hearts It's for you Simply stated, it's complicated Shoes Will Travel, the podcast hosted by Rick Osland, is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Anchor.fm. Connect with us today on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.